Thank you for the opportunity to share the word this morning with all of us. Waiti. Turn to your neighbor and say, Waiti. Waiti. In preparing the word, God has highlighted a key message to share with Frontline Church this morning. I believe that the application is far beyond us, but for a message for the church in general. Are you ready, church? He's also wait, wait. Jesus, don't let the color come out of your head. He's also revealed truth and how this revelation of this truth goes against the culture of today, goes against the grain. Perhaps won't be understood or even accepted because it's unpopular. But we'll say it anyway. Amen? So whenever we read the Word and the Holy Spirit illuminates it and reveals truth, we are always massively challenged to change, to allow transformation to take place in our hearts. My prayer this morning is that as we listen to the Word, that we would open up our hearts, open the, open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, that we may receive His Word. And I pray, I don't want to do all the talking here this morning, because there's a space reserved just for the Holy Spirit to minister to us. So I'm going to just say what he wants me to say this morning. That's okay. The message is titled, His Legacy. Turn to your neighbor and say, His Legacy. Now, if you've got your Bibles with, the, with you this morning, if you've got your phone, we're going to go follow me this morning. We're going to go and we're going to go through the Word of God around what it means to walk in His legacy. Are you ready? Genesis 12, verse 1 to 9. Lynn, thank you for the fancy footwork this morning. Technical difficulties and all. Thank you. It's up. Now the Lord said to Abraham, or Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Amen? That's you and me. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old. Robbie, how old are you now? 70, yeah? <laughs> Strength will rise. <laughs> And Abram was 75 years old when he departed for, from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai, not Sarah yet, eh? his wife and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people whom they had acquired in Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem. As far as the... Terebinth tree of Merah. And the Canaanites were, in the, in, were then in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord, 
That's familiar, hey? We've heard that before. Who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west of Ai, on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. So what do we see from this passage of Scripture? We see Abram received a word. He received a call from God. A promise. said, Abram, this is what I want to do through you. This is the call I'm placing on your life. The call is accompanied by blessing, inheritance, and favor. Abraham responds by going. He gets up, he goes. Turn into your Bibles, Genesis chapter 15, verse 1 to 3. Stay with me, church. The the story goes on. The account goes on. This is after Canaan, the land was given to him, right? After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord, Lord, (laughs) what will you give me, seeing that I go childless? And the heir of my house is Elysia of Damascus. Then Abram said, Look, you've given me no offspring. Indeed, one board in my house is my heir. What happened? God gave him a promise. God gave him a call and said, I will make you. You'll you'll have land and you'll have many descendants. A few years go by. He's heard the Lord. He says, Lord, what's happening with you? Why are you taking so long? Why are you taking so long? Is it Elysia? Is it him? Is he my heir? That's what he's saying. So what happens next? Go to chapter 16. Verse 15 and 16. We know the story, right? says, so Hagar bore Abraham a child, a son. And Abraham named his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abraham. Lord, Lord Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> we know what happened then. Huh? We know that what faith and what nation exists today because of, because of impatience. So what happens next? What happens next will surprise many of us. God doesn't speak to Abraham for 13 years thereafter now just I want you just to imagine for a second or think back in your own life 13 years ago where you were 13 years ago our colleague wasn't born yet 
Think about God's voice being silent for 13 years. You know when, when somebody doesn't listen, you speak to somebody and you don't listen. You speak and you speak and then what happens? You stop speaking. So why would we think that it would be different with God? So God doesn't speak to Abraham for 13 years. I, I, I was just thinking about what God was, what God was thinking. Saying, ah, oh, look at this one. Look at this one. Does he not understand what I want to do? Does he not get it? Look at this one. He thinks that this is about him and about his legacy. He thinks that when I said I was going to make him a father of many nations, he only saw his son. That's what he saw. I, I thought to myself, let's see where, this, where his pride and arrogance takes him. You see, sometimes church, God leaves us alone when we need to learn the lessons that we need to learn. He uses pain. He uses pain. He uses a, a, a sense of, I'm, I've come to my, the end of my rope, my opinion, my skill. I've come to the end of that. He uses that. You see, sometimes we forget that when God places a call into our hearts, or he gives us a word, we sometimes think it's for me and mine. And we focus on the blessing that comes with the call for me and mine. We forget about the part that we are playing, the part that we get to play in his kingdom, where we play, where we play a part in his legacy. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm talking to you. Let me ask you, church, how do you know that a dream or a call is from God versus something that you want to do? It's bigger than you. Come and talk to me. It's way bigger than you. Eh? You know what the difference is? Your dream, your call, ends with you so when you die it ends with you but when it's God's it lives on for generations it lives on it lives on for generations our dreams and what we dedicate our lives to to the end will die with us one day but God's dream and his callings live on far beyond us and it's multi-generational. Multi-generation. 13 years of silence. 13 years. You see, sometimes God lets us come to the end of our rope when we have gotten over ourselves. <laughs> Older folk understand this. Robbie, I look at you, you understand this. You've lived a life, at, uh, I, I look up to every single older person in this place, everybody that's older than 40 and above. Everybody at 39 and, and you're still wet behind the ears. 
But you get this. You get this because you've gone through this journey. You've got, come to the end of your rope. You've got, gone to my skill, even your health. Even health. I can't do the things that I, can't, that I used to do anymore. I don't have the strength anymore. I've come to the end of my rope, my skill, what I can do. Amen. When we've been humbled and stop relying on ourselves, when our opinions and all of our own things aren't enough anymore. You see, church, that we have a propensity to value our opinions above others and perhaps even over others. We let our opinions divide us. We are so opinion that even if it separates us at a relationship level. No, God, Elysia. Elysia is the guy, right? Someone has to hear this this morning. Even in your marriage, your friendships, your opinions are so loud that it brings separation, it brings silence. So from 86 to 99, God goes silent, doesn't speak to him. You see, sometimes the voice of God to be heard, we have to come to the end of our opinion. Our opinion and God's voice cannot occupy the same space. God knows your circumstance. He knows. He knows Abram is 86. He knew when he called him back when he was 75. He knew. But he didn't care for your opinion. Because he wanted to use you. He wanted to use him. Don't you understand, Abraham? He knows that it's impossible for you. But he is God. He is God. If you could do it, then why do you need him? You see, when we run out of ideas and wanting to leave a legacy for me and mine, things that we chase after, we come to the end of our rope and then he steps in. This is what happens next. Genesis 17, verse 15 to 17. Are you with me, church? Is the Holy Spirit ministering there this morning? Then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai any longer. But Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Did you, did you hear that? We, 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 we tend to forget that. Eh? Abraham, father of many nations. Sarah, mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. Kings of people shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. 
and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? You see, when God wants to use you for His legacy, His call and His purposes, we've got to get ready because something dead is about to come alive. You see, what happens to you and I is not just about you and I. When you lose confidence in you, He can work. He says, now I'm going to bless you. At this point, I'm going to bless you. When God speaks, your destiny changes. It changes. When God speaks, He changes your name. He says to Ryan, our pastor, you're no longer the demolition man in mining. He changes your name. He says, you pastor. Are you with me, church? When God speaks, there's a shift that takes place. When He speaks, He brings alignment to our lives. He establishes order. His order. His order. He comes to take out of our lives, and He comes to put things in our lives for His purpose. When he calls you beyond you, this is God. The timing is perfect. He knows your circumstance. Maybe there's somebody here today that has said, geez, maybe I'm too old. Maybe my time has passed. This word is for you this morning. God wants to use what's inside of you that he wants to use for his glory. God establishes his purpose through Abraham. Abraham thought it was about him. 42 generations later, Jesus shows up. Can we just think for that? Think about the account. Go silent for 13 years. Abraham thinks, geez, this is a burden. It's not there. It's not coming. When is it coming? Abraham, it's not about you. Kirk, it's not about you. It's not your legacy. It's mine. My kingdom. My will on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, what a privilege, God. Bobby, you understand this. soon to start crying now you understand this you see this as a privilege and not a burden because you, you know that you're working in his legacy it's not about your Kirk because I am the Lord your God and above me there can be no other When God speaks, it, it would even sound foolish, wouldn't it? That's why Abraham was, was laughing. 
Lord, you want me to start a church in the scout hall? What? You want me to do what? What? You want me to start a, a school? Lord, what? I'm sure there were lots of laughs. Lord, you want me to leave my mining industry business and pastor a church? What? Lord, you want me to bake cakes for people to show them how much you love them? Auntie Orient, where are you? You want me to make my own car a transport for kids to bring them to church every Sunday? What? Lord? What? You must be joking. You want to feed who? Where? <laughs> what? What's a good? Jeez. You want me to stand in front of the hospital and pray for the sick? You want me to go into Glen Vista High School and do what? You want me to serve others in every capacity? What? Lord, have you seen my schedule? <laughs> do you, have you seen my circumstances, Lord? You want me to give up what I believe I've been called to do for what? What, I've been, what I think, my opinion, for what? You know what Isaac's name means? It means the Lord has made me laugh. There's two points I want to land this morning, and we need to get a move on. So I can't, I can't, I can't uh, cry this morning. <clears throat> so the first point God wanted me to say to you this morning is that it's His legacy. In our pursuit, in everything that we pursue, we get to participate in His legacy. Not that we won't leave a legacy. Because our legacy will be an example of how to follow his legacy. Amen. Amen. The second thing I want to learn, and this is a very deliberate strategy of the enemy, so we're going we're to shine a light on it this morning. There's a very deliberate strategy in culture, in the workplace, in modern society, that is wants to bring separation between generations. Right? The old and the young. Very deliberate. Now turn to somebody next to you and that, or, or look around you in the building. Somebody that looks about 25 years older than you, 25 years younger than you. Listen, be careful now. Be careful. All, all, I'm, all I'm saying is be careful. We're still brothers and sisters in Christ. Come on. <laughs> you, we'll, we'll let you play um, uh, Noel's sermon of last week. Don't get easily offended. Eh? But I, I want to say to you, this is deliberate. You can see it in, in society. 
It's, a, it's, it's that thing that says, I don't need you. Younger people say oh, to older people, inadvertently, by not listening to them, not, not heeding their call, not listening to counsel, they're saying arrogantly, full of pride, I don't know you, I don't need you. I don't, I don't get you. And you know what the old, old, older generation does? They do exactly the same thing. These guys are weird. What's a good? What what what's a TikTok is this? <laughs> These guys are weird. Division. Divides between generations exist today because of arrogance and pride. Generations young saying to the older, I don't need you. This is how we do things now. You know why? Because we've got tech, we think we're clever got everything figured out we've got our general knowledge is so big because of Google mm. what, did, what did you say there let me just Google that quickly arrogant we tell inadvertently Younger generation, tell the older folk, you have failed. Now we are here. Your pride. We've got access to your information. We don't need you. Older generations look at the younger generation saying things like, look at these ones. Kekanala. I have forgotten about the things that they still need to learn. And you know what? This generation stays silent. Older generation becomes silent. And then you say to yourself, well, they don't listen. Let them eat their own heads. I can see, I can see you're going to eat your head. I won't say anything. They think they are clever. We know better. Older generation says that too. Such arrogance. We're going to shine a light on this this morning. You know what this leads to? It leads to a standoff between generations. Young and old. Not knowing that God, God's call is a multi-generational one. Where young and old are assigned together for His purposes. To play a part in God's legacy. Scripture is full of examples of this. One example is this, Exodus 17, verse 8. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men to go out, fight with Amalek. You know the story. Tomorrow I will stand on, on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. This is Moses. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and her went up to the top of the hill. And so it was, when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and her supported his hands. You hear the multi-generational call there? One 
on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek as his people with the and his people with the edge of his sword. Did you see what happened? When the rod that older folk carry, the rod of authority, when that is dropped, it didn't matter what Joshua, Joshua did. He, he had skill. He brought skill and strength to the party. But when the older folk dropped, when the ones that were given the authority through a life of obedience, when they dropped, when they become weary, when they disqualify themselves and say, I'm too old. Did, did you see what happened with Joshua? His skill didn't matter. You see it, you see the rod and the sword in this passage of Scripture. You see, the younger generation need the rods of authority. And the older generation needs the swords with skill. Joshua's word, sword alone, couldn't defeat Amalek. But nor could Moses just by raising his hand. God is saying to us, we need a connected church. And I'm not talking about online. Especially generationally. We need to see fathers and sons connected. We have to be intentional. Now, I ask the question, is it, is it difficult? Yeah, it is. Because we don't understand each other. But we need to be intentional. We need to work hard at walking with people. And we mustn't let disconnect happen. Because we do think each other, we are weird. I, I heard him say as I was preparing for the word this morning, this is a call to unity. For you to answer his generational call. Moses and Joshua walked together. Not one after the other, they walked together. Moses led God's people out of slavery. Joshua took them into the promised land. Elijah, when faced with Jezebel, had Elisha and Jehu that came to fulfill what he needed to. David, Solomon, building the temple. David, Solomon built the temple. Paul, know that, do, you know, do you know that guy? Who, who did he have? Timothy. Who, who walked with Paul as well? Barnabas. Connection stems from humility, which produces honor and value. It's at the core of being, the core of being disconnected from anyone. And somebody needs to hear this. Disconnect. The core issue is pride and arrogance. That thing that says, let them go. I hear the Lord say, mature in this area, frontline church. Mature in this area. Do 
did you think that this is about you? You get to participate in my legacy, I hear the Lord say. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Two things. One, it's his legacy. Oh, what a joy. What a privilege. What an honor it is to do. Uh, always go back to um, one of my mentors uh, in worship. He always used to say to me, Kirk, Kirk, if you get to play the triangle in a piece of music that is 14 minutes long and your piece comes at 1350, when, when you get to 1350, you play your part and that is enough for you. You play your triangle. We get to participate. What an honor. What a privilege it is. What an honor. What a privilege it is. I know, church, I'm guilty. When, when things get tough, we complain about the core. Hmm? Atelier, what? Lord, you said what? Where must we go to feed people? Ethiopia. What? How, Lord? How? Privilege. right where you are. Can we make a commitment to continue to participate in his legacy as an honor and a privilege? And then commit in leaving a legacy that serves as an example of how to pursue God's legacy. Lay the pathway for others where his kingdom his kingdom has no end